You are listening to the PRC Students Podcast. This sermon was recorded during our series titled, You Asked For It, where we explore what the Word says about topics that our students chose. We pray that the Lord speaks to you through this message. Good to be with you guys. Um, and um, I really miss uh, uh, youth nights. Um, you know, for a long time, I, uh, I used to be a youth leader. And... Um, I always enjoy uh, spending spending the spending time uh, around the youth, and I know, guys, you have uh, something uh, special that the older generations uh, loses with time is that energy, that uh, uh, desire to uh, you know uh, worship God, do things, do new things for the Lord. And um, I hope that um, my generation is going to be different. We'll never, we're never uh, going to lose that. So we're going to keep on uh, remaining young, as uh, Julian said. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to live forever on earth, but we will live forever, definitely. All right, the topic for tonight in the um, series uh, You Asked For It is um, addictions and habits. I added the habits part to it because, um, in my opinion, it's important to uh, make a clear distinction between uh, addictions uh, and habits. When you guys wrote um, on, um, uh, on that questionnaire about addictions, I am not sure what um, specific addiction was in your mind. I don't know if it was um, uh, something specific that you, you thought of or it was just general. But um, for the sake of uh, a proper understanding, we will look at this topic, at this subject, uh, from a general perspective tonight. We're going to look at addictions in general. Uh, there are many, uh, many things that um, we need to be aware of when it comes to addictions and habits. And uh, there are a lot of areas where we can uh, particularly be uh, trapped in if we uh, do not uh, pay attention on how, um, how we administrate life. But um, to be able to break any kind of addiction, any form of addiction, we need to kind of have a general perspective and understand how this works and why addictions are bad and why we should keep ourselves away from uh, this, kind of, uh, this kind of behaviors. Um, we live in a society, and uh, this is an unfortunate reality, we live in a society where uh, addictions... Um, are mentioned to every conversation, almost. We talk very lightly about addictions. Um, and I believe one of the goals that the devil had for uh, uh, targeting those who wants to become uh, uh, holier or live uh, closer to God is to have us familiarized with the bad, with something that is not okay. And um, when we hear about addictions, you know, um, we are exposed to all kind of approaches these days. You hear about addictions in, uh, uh, you know, in school, in casual conversations, in lectures, and there are groups of people who are deeply concerned about it, other people who, who are trying to find a solution. 
other people to find an explanation to kind of justify why these uh, these things are happening to the society or to uh, to us, and all these conversations uh, does a lot of a lot of harm uh, uh, to um, to to our minds or brains when it comes to uh, understanding God's heart about this subject. Uh, we see churches very concerned about uh, or pastors or uh, spiritual leaders very concerned about this uh, problem. Because um, it became a problem. It became a very uh, a general problem. And um, we arrived at a point where uh, there are people out there trying to find a justification of this behavior, saying that those who are out loud against any form of addictions are too religious, are religious, are people with narrow minds, and, um, uh, you know, we should just be more open-minded when, when it comes to discuss about, about these problems. Um, well, we will look at this subject, and um, I am among uh, those leaders who, had a, who have a, a very deep concern about, about uh, how things are developing in this regard. Um, addictions, uh, though, are not new are not something of uh, uh, just um, uh, a new challenge that we are facing as a, as a community or as a generation. Addictions, uh, we will see, we, we, find them in, we find them in the Bible. The Bible talks clearly about them. Uh, but in the same time, we have to be aware that um, the exposure to some things makes us more vulnerable than the generation before the generations before us we are more exposed to stuff to things that are uh, 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 influencing the way we behave the way we do life more than uh, than uh, the generations before so uh, because we are aware of that or we are supposed to be aware of that we have to be more intentional in guarding ourselves so we can live up to God's expectations from us. Uh, one of the statements that we need to put at the foundation of our hearts is that God will never change his expectations. God's expectations will remain the same. He revealed them in the scripture, and he don't have any plan to change them. And regardless the situation we are facing or the context we are facing, the, the context we are living in, God's expectations remain the same. And if we want to be uh, God's people, truly God's people, we have to be interested in what these expectations are and do the right thing to comply or to follow, to meet these expectations. Um, there's nothing religious about, about this. And uh, when you will see uh, uh, during, uh, during this message, it's we have to understand that God does not, any, does not have anything to lose if I decide not to uh, join the uh, uh, cloud of witnesses or if I decide not to join uh, the people of God. God has not anything to lose. But out of his love, he wants 
all of us to receive salvation and to make it to heaven, to be part of his people. This is God's, God's love revealed in the scriptures. And when we look at any topic, any scriptural topic, we have to look at that as, as being the revelation of, of God's love for us. So when we see God's expectations in the Bible, we don't have to look at, the, at those expectations thinking that God is ridiculously strict and he is against happiness, against uh, uh, joy, against, uh, you know, having a good life. But we have to look at those as the only way to a good life, the only way to real happiness, the only way to real joy and, uh, and fulfillment in, in, uh, in our lives. Um, Let's look at the let's let's take a look at the subject. It's um, you know it's a very vast subject, and I I will not claim to cover it tonight, but I hope to um, stir your interest in studying more about this, in reading more about this. There are a lot of godly people who wrote books about this, and um, uh, one of the one of the authors that I would highly recommend is uh, Steve Gallagher. He wrote about this subject. He wrote about. Uh, uh, especially about the sexual addiction. He wrote about uh, pornography and how to, how to uh, uh, overcome it, how to fight against it so you uh, can live a free life and not be trapped by the, by the devil, by, by, uh, your, by the enemy into, into something like that. Um, this, this, this man is a, is, a, is a minister who served in the church for so long being... Uh, trapped by the devil in, in so many things, and he experienced the freedom in the Lord, and now he wrote about it. He wrote about it with boldness, with courage, and I believe he speaks out of, uh, out of a transformed life through the power of the Holy Spirit. I got the privilege to meet him, to met him and, and work with him in Romania for, for a few years, and uh, he's, uh, he's just a man of God who has a deep passion for, for uh, the church of God and uh, for, for God's people. And um, as I mentioned, through this uh, uh, message tonight, my goal is to uh, present the reality out of God's heart that He is willing to change every life and give us the blessing to experience freedom from any addiction. And through the blood of Christ, we have access to freedom and we have to know that to believe that with all our hearts and my uh, and the purpose of this message is to learn that God's heart is for us to be free but to experience freedom through his through his word uh, we are talking about um, uh, addictions and habits uh, addictions involves habits uh, addiction it's based on habits but habits are not necessarily bad in itself. Um, we have to look at the habits as being learned patterns of behaviors or attitudes repeated so often that they become a typical of a, they become typical of a person. In the New Testament, we have a word for that, 
And um, that is translated into the in English language with the verb to learn or get into the habit, getting used to do something in particular repeatedly. Habits are based on thinking and they reflect the heart. And habits, when based on trusting God, can result in being constantly on the right path. So it requires good habits to be able to follow God. It requires, it requires good habits to remain on the right path. But habits can be bad within itself. And we will get to that um, uh, uh, in a little bit. On the other hand, addictions are compulsive. Uh, enslaving dependence on something, resulting in uh, detrimental patterns, patterns of thinking and behaving. Um, there are substance addictions, for example, alcohol, tobacco, heroin, or any other, any other chemicals, and process addictions, for example, gambling, eating, uh, shopping, uh, sex, or any uh, uh, anything in this in this realm. Uh, according to the Word of God, um, uh, found in Second uh, Peter chapter two verse nineteen, people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. So we became we become slaves to whatever gets a hold of our heart, uh, 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 whatever master our lives. Addictive, behave, addictive, be, uh, addictive habits, when based on deceitful, deceitful desires, result in a corrupt, corrupt way of life. So a bad habit, which leads to addiction, it always results in a wrong direction, in a bad direction, in a bad way of life. Um, and uh, there are, uh, as I mentioned, there are a lot of, a lot of good things written about, about this and uh, I have on my notes uh, a list of, uh, of books uh, that describe addictions. Uh, when it comes to addictions, my suggestion to you, do not label yourself as addicted before you talk with somebody who knows what addiction is. Because, uh, you know, I saw people saying, well, I'm addicted to this. And we get to use the word so lightly then that when it becomes a problem in our lives, our brain is used to that and is not going to call it as a bad thing. It's going to keep it as something normal, something that usually takes place or happens uh, uh, in our lives. So be careful when you use the word addict, uh, 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 addicted because that can be very detrimental. That can be very damaging to the way you form your way of, of, of thought, your way of thinking, okay? So um, uh, just think about uh, that even, even habits, even those bad habits, when we do things repeatedly, that doesn't mean necessarily we are addicted to something. So when there is something that troubles you or concerns you about something bad that happens repeatedly in your life, go and talk with someone who can help. Uh, we have 
great leaders in our church. So uh, Johnny, in particular, uh, uh, for you here, the, uh, the uh, youth nights and Julian and uh, the others that are part of the team. If you notice something that bothers you, that gives you the impression that you are doing something wrong, do not sleep with that in your mind. Do not uh, believe that time will fix it. Uh, how we came to the conclusion that we do something wrong? We are uh, uh, enlightened by the Holy Spirit of God, either through a message that is preached, through a song that we hear, or just through praying. When we pray, God, God through the Holy Spirit, touches our mind or our hearts. And we start to see the wrongs in our lives. And when you see something wrong that concerns you, go and talk with someone. Do not keep it within yourself and, um, and uh, uh, call it somehow because it can become a serious, a serious problem. Um, as we move on, one of the questions that we need to, to ask is when it comes to addic addiction, what is the avenue how a person become addicted to something. Um, first, there is a natural inclination. When I say natural, our human nature has specific needs. And there is a natural inclination to some things. For example, things that are of interest for you might not be of interest for me. And things that are of interest for me may not be of interest for you. Uh, for example, I see I, I have people, you know, in my, in my generation that, that don't care at all about electronics, about technology. They are still using pen and paper. And they don't care about it. And I look at them and I said, okay, I understand that my parents, you know, had a problem with that. But us, we should be more comfortable in using the technology. But they don't care about technology. And technology, believe it or not, would not be a problem for them because they don't have a natural inclination towards that. And they will not use it for any good because, again, they don't have any inclination to do that. And because of not having a natural inclination to something uh, 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 or having an inclination for something, that can be a problem or uh, cannot be a problem for you. Then there is, a, there is an impulse inside of us. Um, but before, before we go to this, our inclinations are usually dictated by the context we are living in, the, 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 the um, community we are influenced by. You know, uh, when, we talk, when we talk about the community, there, are, there is a small group of people that means a lot to us. And we care a lot about when it comes to things we do and we do not do. When we live in, uh, surrounded by a small community, uh, uh, it's not necessarily the Romanian community, but our own community, uh, we care about how those people within our close circle uh, think about us. And we are influenced by those. And we have to be ca careful because opinions are usually formed within communi communities. And within those communities, we can surround ourselves with people that will dictate our inclinations. We, are, we feel some specific sort of uh, pressure because of that small circle of, of influence. Uh, 
uh, this, this comes from the outside, from the culture, from the expectations, from the, the way we see and we know things. But there is also an impulse. There is something built within ourselves that will lead the path to addictions. Uh, an impulse is a sudden, um, spontaneous inclination to act um, uh, uh, quickly, okay? Um, Ecclesiastes teaches us that we have to be very careful, careful and not to act on our impulses or our instincts. Because these are, this can be very deceitful. Um, I can spend the whole night describing how the brain functions and how in a specific period of time we can become so vulnerable then we are capable to do something out of our area of, um, of uh, 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 usual activities by a thousand miles, if I can say that. Because we are capable, due to those impulses, to do things that are so wrong that that can, even, uh, that can surprise even, even, even ourselves, okay? So the Bible says when you feel an urge to do something, just balance that. It just keep that under control. Uh, then there is another, uh, uh, when it comes to the, the, the avenue of addiction, uh, habit is a part of, of this avenue. We become more comfortable to do some things uh, due to a lot, multiple reasons. Uh, when, when, we, when it comes to habits, for example, if, uh, if I have the habit to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I have that habit uh, because of multiple reasons. First, and one of the most important ones is that I need to be at work at 6 o'clock. No? And for that, I need to wa wake up at 5. But with time, that becomes part of who I am as a person. Because doing something repeatedly, I become comfortable in waking up in the morning, reading my scripture, doing my personal, you know, things and uh, getting ready for the day and uh, uh, prepare whatever needs to be prepared so I am ready for whatever I need to face uh, uh, during that day, whatever I have on my schedule during that day. And my the habit of waking up at 5 o'clock can be influenced by a lot of things. Eh? Uh, when it comes to, uh, uh, to uh, the, the avenue to uh, addictions, habits will influence the way we do things in general. And as good habits can be a blessing for our lives, bad habits can, can be very uh, destroying. Then um, uh, another, another thing that it's um, uh, a part of the avenue to addiction is obsession and then compulsion. And then we arrive at the addiction. Okay. Um, what are a few signs that the habits have become addictions? Um, if you want to find a, a response to this, uh, to this question, you have to ask yourself a few questions. And then uh, let, me read, uh, let, me, uh, let me read to you a few questions that, that can help you identify that. For example, first, first question, have I stopped the habit in the past only to consistently replay, replace it with something else? Or have I become abnormally preoccupied with a habit? It's something that goes out of ordinary when it comes to this habit that urged me to, to do this. 
Have I continued the habit in spite of suffering its negative consequences? For example, uh, 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 if you have a habit of, for example, uh, going late to sleep, that will cause that will cause some consequences. It will be hard for you to wake up in the morning. It will be hard for you to focus. Not getting enough rest will may cause headaches or even weakening your immune system. And is this habit of yours uh, kept in place regardless its bad consequences? That, that is a question that we should ask because if that happens, we are on a, on a, on a wrong path. For example, if I feel that you know, having the, the, the habit to uh, have coffee, <coughs> if I realize that it becomes a problem for my heart or for my stomach or for uh, the balance of calcium in my, in my body, do I keep this habit or am I willing to give up on this habit? Okay, if, if I'm not willing <coughs> to give up on this habit, that means I'm on, a, I'm, on a wrong, I'm on a wrong path, okay? Have I practiced the habit uh, prim primarily because it changes my mood or comforts me? If you do something, if you do something to find comfort and that habit has negative consequences and you don't care about about its negative consequences and you are seeking that uh, comfort you are on the wrong path you know the list of questions can uh, can uh, uh, continue and um, uh, we can go on and, and 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 ask so many questions in this in this uh, area but if you don't care about the harm your habit does to you, your body, your relationships, your uh, close friends, you should start uh, thinking seriously that you need to do something about that, okay? Um, <coughs> and I am not talking about uh, sinful things because when we do sinful things, uh, those habits should stop immediately because they will cause uh, um, falling apart from from the Lord, and uh, it's not it's not something that we should we should play with. Uh, what is God's heart uh, about habits uh, and addictions? What we have in the Bible about this? According to Proverbs eight uh, verse thirty two, habits can be beneficial and profitable. But according to First Timothy chapter five verse thirteen. Habits can be evil and destructive. Um, according to Second uh, Chronicles verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 3, habits can be passed down from generation to generation. And now, if we can pause a little bit here. Uh, just think for a moment. Right now, it's hard for you to envision that. Because you are at a stage in, in life where you don't care about what's next, what's, you know, further generations. You don't care about your children. You don't have children, you're still a child or you're still in, in your youth and <laughs> you don't care right now about what you are passing on to the next generation. But if you want to think about life, what you leave behind you, it's going to be called your legacy. 
And one day, when you reflect on what you're leaving behind, it will cause fulfillment, joy, or it will cause uh, uh, all kinds of, of, <coughs> of um, uh, uh, emotional pain that will, uh, that will make you feel unhappy about, about you live your life. Um, according to Second um, Chronicles verse, uh, seven, uh, chapter 17, verse 6, habits can reflect devotion to God and God's character. Um, habits, according to Job chapter uh, uh, 17, verse 9, can increase consistency and strengthen character. According to Job chapter 22, verse um, 28, habits are a choice. You can decide what to do. Habits can be positive witness to others. When you do good things repeatedly, that can be a great witness for the um, uh, glory of God. According to Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Um, according to Second Chronicles chapter uh, seven verse fourteen, uh, habits of a godly nature can result in God's forgiving and healing a nation. Thank you. Asta înseamnă că trebuie să mă opresc. So the Bible talks about this. It's not like Thank you for bringing water, because otherwise we, we, we were about to conclude. <laughs> Don't kill Julian, please. <laughs> uh, well, the Bible talks about this. So this is, not something, this is not something that the Bible is quiet about. And when the Bible talks about a subject, that means God cares about it. We have to keep in mind that the Bible is the uh, love letter written by the hand of God to his beloved people. We are, we are his people. And he wants us to know his heart. And also we can find in the scripture about the addictions. And one of the things that, that we have to keep in mind, if habits can be a choice or are your choice, addictions are never a choice. They get a hold of you and they will become controlling uh, 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 over your life. They will control your life. Um, and the result of, uh, of uh, addictions will never be positive, but will always be negative and will bring destruction, will, be, will bring uh, uh, negative effects over your life. Read uh, 2 Kings chapter uh, 17, verse 17. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Addiction... Addictions leads, uh, lead hearts astray and hurt the cause of Christ. People who are caught in addictions and live <coughs> double lives, double standards, they can be very detrimental to God's kingdom. Addictions hold people captive and cover them uh, with a canopy of darkness. You know, sometimes people, people think about uh, 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 some uh, uh, situations and we believe that we can hold control over something. I've, you know, I work with drug addicts. And let me tell you this. Zero, none of the drug addicts believed in the beginning that drug 
will get a hold of them. They thought they would be able to control it. They said, well, you know, if I take a, you know, a smoke or whatever, a pill or whatever the drug was, I know how to calculate it and I'm going to control it. But soon after, they realized that they cannot control that. But that's, uh, that chemical started to control their lives, to take over their lives. And from people who were raised in a godly family, or for people who devoted themselves to Christ, because I had a close friend of mine who got addicted to, uh, to alcohol. And he was involved in ministry. And he thought, well, a cup of wine here and there is never going to be a problem. But when he uh, 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 went through some difficulties in life, that little something that he believed he can, he can control took over and started to control his life. And as a result of that, he lost his wife, he lost the family, he lost the children. Everybody gave up on him. He lost the job. He wasn't able to be hired in the position that he was trained for so many years just because the chemical took hold of his life. Um, when it comes to uh, sexuality, you know, a lot of people have uh, experienced uh, unfulfillment in their marriages. They're not satisfied with their partners. They'll, they feel something is wrong. And they don't know how to call it, but because of the addiction that took hold of them, that feel controllable at one point, they cannot experience joy in the relationship with, with the person that committed to live with them for the rest of their lives. And imagine how disappointing is to a person that entered in a, in a lifelong contract. It's not like a regular contract. It's, it's just a commitment that we make to remain in the bond in the of, of, ma of marriage for the rest of our lives. And just imagine to end up with an addict next to you or with a, with a person that cannot be freely uh, uh, expressive in love. And that little addiction took hold of that person's life and the marriage is, is affected. You know, a lot of people thought that uh, marriage is, is a solution for pornography. Oh, after I get married, marriage will resolve that. N there is no way because the addiction gets a hold of your brain and nothing will change it but God. And it takes God to reset our system so we can function properly back onto God's standards, okay? Addiction uh, <coughs> holds um, a mastery over us, but God is to be our only master. So when it comes to, uh, to addictions, nothing should replace the ownership of God over our lives. We are gods and we have to remain the way we were created. Uh, habits and addictions can both be overcome through Christ. And this is the great news that we find in the scripture. If we read 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them uh, because the one, Jesus, who is in you is greater than the one, Satan, Satan, who is in the world. So the good news is that we find in the scripture about God's heart about these problems is that they can be overcome. And it doesn't matter 
where you are in the stage of a habit, of a wrong habit or addiction that can be overcome. Um, there are a few characteristics of addictions, uh, you know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep on uh, uh, going on the theoretical side. Uh, one, one more thing that I wanna, I wanna uh, mention to you before we move on with, with a uh, way to a solution. How to, how to find a, a great solution, a good solution through the Word of God. We have to be aware that there is a cycle of, the ad of addiction. The addictive behavior, it's part of a cycle. And it, it cycles around pain, usually emotional pain. When somebody experiences pain, regardless uh, uh, the cause of that pain, that pain can become the start of the cycle of addiction. For example, the, the pain can be caused by rejection. If somebody was constantly rejected, they carry that pain within, our, within themselves. And that pain can be the ground for uh, uh, a bad habit or uh, the, the addiction. So that pain is the first step in the cycle of, of the addiction. Then we start... Um, uh, altering the mood through, s through different activities. So m uh, uh, whatever activities we do um, to temporarily relieve that pain, for example, um, somebody told me that, well, when I'm frustrated and stressed, I just go and have a good uh, 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 golf game with, with my friends. And apparently... That's something that is not a big problem. But golf can become a bad habit. I know people who, for example, when they are overwhelmed with stress, they feel to just go away. Somebody, a, a friend of mine called me and, and told me, well, you know, I'm heading north. And I said, where are you going? And he said, I don't know. And I said, okay, <laughs> that must be something. If I ask him twice, are you in the car? driving north and he said yes and i said where are you going he said i don't know maybe canada and he was in tennessee and i said well that's a long way he said well i'm so overwhelmed with my problems i just feel to drive away i just feel to find to find the release from this pressure that i have well when we feel the urge to do something to treat the pain that we carry within ourselves, we have to be careful not to start a bad habit because that would lead afterwards in the addiction. Uh, after we become addicted to anything, we start changing our values. And uh, there is a process of lying ourselves. For example, one of the, the common lies is that, well, everybody does that these days. You know, I, I am not unique in any way. Or God knows that I'm so weak, so I cannot overcome this. So God, can, God has to, to take me the way I am because I, there is no better version of me. And these are lies that will keep us trapped into this process. And what we do when, when that happens in this cycle of addictions, we lower the standards. And we all of a sudden 
become very comfortable to be feel, full of joy and worship God with no remorse or with no uh, 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 fear saying that, well, you know, it's, I just want to forget about this addiction and now focus on God. Well, things are not working that way. Because what you're doing, you are creating a double standard and you set up yourself for repeating this cycle over and over again. And from uh, every once in a while, the, uh, the Holy Spirit of God will touch your heart and we, you feel that something is wrong with you and then you go back to the same cycle. So you have, you have to, to, to uh, uh, identify this cycle. If you feel emotional pain, the solution is not to find a habit to replace it, but to go before the healer who can heal your pain regardless uh, 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 where that pain comes from. If that pain comes from, from being rejected, you know, you have to remind yourself that you have access to the one who never rejects nobody. If, if your pain comes from something that you know, from uh, people putting you down for not being good enough for them. You have access to the one who values you. Who put so much value on you that put the, sing the sign equal between you and his life. He came and died on a cross because of you and because of me. And I don't need somebody to come and tell me constantly that, I have, that I'm so precious and I'm, I'm loved and I'm appreciated. Because I know Christ loves me, and I know He appreciates me, and, all, and I know my, my, my price in His sight was the price of the life of His beloved Son. So when you are entering in this cycle, when you feel emotional pain, deal with it right, the right way. Not, don't carry it with, within yourself. I, you know, I, I, I know people who thought if they, if they have a, a, a bottle of beer or, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, of a drug, things will change in their minds. And at least for the moment, they will feel happier. That is only temporary. And it's going to kill you at the end. If you want to change something about this, when you identify the cycle starting, do not try to go the bad route. Try to identify it, and when you feel it inside of you, just go on your knees. And let, let me tell you this. God is with you every day. Maybe your parents are not available to you. They are so busy to you. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, the, the friends around you in school are bullying you and making fun of you. You have your friend next to you, and he's going to be there for you 24-7. If you feel overwhelmed with the weight of pain that you carry, regardless, as I said, where that pain comes from, just bring it to the cross. Do not put it in this, in this uh, uh, deceitful cycle of the devil so, you, uh, uh, so you, 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 you are addressing the wrong way. Because when you lower the standards, that will set up the, the stage for failure for you, for you and for your life. How many of you wants to be successful in life? All of us wants to be successful, isn't it? Even in, in the darkest moments of our life, we want good for us. Because we know that life has, has value. And guess what? After you reevaluate the values and lower the standards, there is something that happens naturally.
And you know what that is? It's called guilt. And you become overwhelmed with a sense of guilt. You feel guilt. You feel guilty. Nobody had, even if nobody saw you doing whatever you did, you start developing a, a, a deep sense of guilt. Then the shame shows up. Because it's part of the cycle. And this is not that the church invented or that God tells us uh, uh, it's supposed to happen in our life as a punishment, as a form of punishment. It's the way we are created. And if you go on that route, you will meet, if you go, if you, when you experience emotional pain, if you decide to introduce in your life bad habits that will become addictions, you will meet guilt and shame no matter what. It doesn't take Johnny to come and tell you that you did something wrong or the pastor preaching in a Romanian church that those things are not good. You will experience guilt in your heart. And that's the reality of this cycle. So if you want to have this cycle broke, if you want to wanna, wanna, uh, change something about your life, when you feel that sense of guilt, you know what to do? Just bring it before the Lord. Go and confess it. You don't have to go and confess it to nobody. You go first before the Lord. Because He's the one who takes care of your emotional needs better than anybody else on this planet. Your parents have all, all parents have good intentions for their children. But we are limited in the capacity to offer those uh, 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 blessings or support that we want to have to, to offer to our kids because we are limited and our resources are limited. But we serve a God that is unlimited. And I, I can tell you, you know, I, I, carry with me, uh, I carry with me pain. I'm not somebody who has never experienced pain in life. And I, I carry with me pain caused by my ministry, by the way I serve others. You know, I carry sometimes a pain caused by the reaction of those who, who is not only rejecting my ministry, but rejecting God's word. And let me tell you this. The devil comes to the pastor of this church and try to use that pain to deviate me on the wrong path. Nobody is excused for, for that. So when you experience pain, there is only one solution. And that solution is the blood of Christ, okay? So it, it doesn't matter how much experience you have in working with God, in working for God, in, in uh, your relationship with Christ, the solutions remain the same. The solution remains the blood of Jesus Christ. So whenever, whenever you experience that sense of pain, because pain is gonna, it's, it's a constant of life. It's something that you will carry, will experience throughout the years, until we end life on this earth, pain will never go away by itself. The devil is using pain to distract us, to trap us in, in, uh, in, 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 in wrong behaviors. So if you want to break that cycle, the only solution we have is the blood of Christ. Um, as, we, as we move on... Um, there are three things in life that we can do. So we can um, um, experience freedom 
First thing <coughs> is being aware of, uh, of, uh, of uh, our situation. First thing is to bring our need to the cross. The second thing that we have to do in this process of uh, breaking the cycle of addiction. Indifferent la ce nivel s-ar găsi. Is to establish new priorities. To reorganize the life. And maybe you think you are smart enough and you can do that by yourself. But sometimes we need each other for that. When it comes to putting things back in order in life, we need help. All of us. Maybe you need somebody to guide you through the scripture. And show you what is expected from you. And how God wants you to live, live your life. Maybe you need some help from somebody who knows about responsibilities in life with school, for example. So you can reestablish your priorities when it comes to education. Because addictions of any form can mess with your life in every single area of your life. Maybe you need help from somebody to, to teach you how to pray again. When it comes to reestablishing your priorities, maybe you need help from somebody to teach you how to pray. Maybe you forgot that. Because you are caught in this cycle. And that cycle repeated in your life so frequently. Because this cycle, it doesn't take years to happen. It can happen multiple times a day. We feel the sense of guilt. We go to the addiction. And then we go through all those phases. And we say, oh, I promise that I'll never do that again. And you are back in the same cycle. And because you repeated that so long, for so long, maybe you need somebody to teach you how to pray again. To sit down with you and, t and tell you how to approach God. Maybe you need somebody to help you or to, to uh, uh, assist you in guiding you through the devotional life. How to approach a day from a spiritual perspective. Because we approach our daily life <laughs> in so many ways. But the only difference between God, God's people and worldly people is that we approach life from a spiritual perspective. It doesn't matter if I go and design cabinets or I have to go and build houses or I have to go and do whatever class I am involved in at school, I can approach that spiritually. I can decide on how to structure my day in such a way that it, it will be successful. And when, when we are talking about spiritual success, we are not talking about only lifting up hands in church and being, you know, full of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about being effective in life. You know that God has a plan for you. And in order for you to fulfill God's plan, in the area He called you in life, you need His support, His help. So you can be happy, satisfied, and very 
uh, successful in the way you obtain results in that area. And the third thing we have to do in order for us to break the cycle of addictions is to become accountable. We all need mentors. You know, in our community here in America, the devil is using this weak side of our community to destroy us, to constrain us from our parents, from our uh, leaders, and giving, to give, uh, giving us that sense of not being understood. Oh, they are Romanians and they are not... They don't know anything. And tr trust me, your brothers and sisters in Christ, who are at a higher level of maturity, it doesn't matter what language they're talking, they know the language of God. And we need them. They may be the only people who, have, who we have access to. Do not become so prideful that you don't want to call for help just because somebody is not speaking the language you speak at the level you are able to communicate. Trust me, I would rather go to a Russian who is a strong believer in Christ than to go to anybody else who can speak my language very fluently and have no clue who Christ is. I had a colleague, he was... Uh, from the Emirates, uh, he was Arab, and his we, his English was worse than mine. But we were in a very strong bond, spiritually at work. We used to pray together, and sometimes we had difficulties communicating whatever was on our on our hearts. But because of the Spirit of God, we were able to be connected. We were aware that we are in the same fight. And we became of great support for each other. It doesn't matter the way or the ability to communicate or to speak a specific language. It matters the level of knowledge of Christ. And if you have somebody around you that can pray for you, it doesn't matter if he's going to pray in Chinese. Get close to that person. And make him or her your friend. Because in times of need, they'll be there for you. Have a person like this keep you accountable. Have them call you and ask you, how was your day? How about the habit? Is that still bringing a lot of pressure over you? Or you are overcoming that a little easier? I work with somebody in a in a problem of addictions. And when we celebrated 365 days of freedom, it was one of the most greatest things that I experienced in my life. To see somebody clean for 365 days. And I called that person hundreds of times. He wrote me text messages. I, I wrote him a lot of emails. But it was worth it. Let's all stand.
Don't try to deal with the problem of addictions on your, by yourself. You are not strong enough to handle it. The enemy you are trying to fight by yourself is a lot stronger than you. And the fight is not fair. You will lose. And it's not because I am a depressing speaker trying to tell you something so disappointing or devastating. That's the reality. He used to be an angel of light. He was free. You don't have to fight this alone. Because Jesus Christ made himself. He defeated the enemy on the cross. And through his blood, he can clean us. And through his Holy Spirit, he can give us that strength to stand firm before the devil, before the enemy. And when he's trying to press the buttons using our pains, he is there to take the enemy's hand off of that button and help us use those pains as a great tools of helping others. One of the things that the Bible teaches us is to cry with those who are crying. Your pain can be a blessing for somebody else. You can go and tell somebody, yes, I was rejected, but feeling the love of Christ, I experienced joy in my life at a whole new level. You become an inspiration using that very same pain that an enemy is trying to use you, to use it against you. Just bring your pains to the cross and let Christ lead your life. Do not forget to help, to, to, to cry out for help because there is help available to all of us. Fridays at 7.30. God bless.